understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. Miss Sarah, thank you so much for joining The Stranded Podcast today. You are truly appreciated. Thank you so much for having me. It is such an honor to be on your show today. So excited to jam about all this amazing content that we have planned. Listen, I cannot wait for you to tell me how to be skinny without actually doing all the work. <laughs> <laughs> we can reframe and how to love your body without doing a lot of work. <laughs> no, I know. But I was like, people need to hear this because mm-hmm. I know for everything about the mindset to be true, but this is a step deeper. And this is why I can't wait uh, for my audience to hear your approach and your movement, the holistically slim movement. But I have to jump right in with this. I was reading an article about you And it blew my mind that they said that you have learned, you learned how to quiet your mind and do daily affirmations before the age of five. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I was like, girl, I'm still learning. Yeah. (laughs) Where was I raised in the woods? It was in the trees pretty much. Um, I'm kidding, but a lot of people think that. Like when I was growing up, they were always like, "Your parents are just hippies," which is now such a good compliment. But um, but yeah, I grew up. In, <laughs> I grew up in a really holistic environment. My parents really um, raised us, you know, in the gardens, in the farms, growing growing our own food. And although we lived in a subdivision, we were still just completely. Um, educated on the power of meditation and mindfulness. My father was a public speaker. And so it was really profound that when he was diagnosed with terminal cancer, he decided to do a completely different route. Um, Instead of going through Western medicine, he decided to go the alternative route. And within seven months, the cancer was completely gone. And people, you know, still to this day from all over are asking us, how did he do it? How did he cure his cancer? And Um, and I can dive deeper into that later on, but basically I believe really strongly that it was because of this mind body approach, because he took on the power of the mind and the subconscious patterns, and then also the healing power of food. But interestingly, at the same time I was scouted to model. And so for 10 years, um, I suffered from serious eating disorders and I, to the point where I was told, if you do not quit this industry, you're going to die. And so I had this relationship with food on one hand that was so profound and healing. And then on the other hand, so much shame and guilt around the fact that I was literally killing myself with food. And, um, and I had to find my way back and, and it was something where it was so shameful to even call home and tell my parents, Hey, I have this problem. Um, and then, so after 10 years of, of working in the fashion industry, I had to change careers and I decided what better time to go back and study nutrition. But the interesting thing was that nutrition didn't actually heal me. Um, the meditation and the mindfulness did. And so I think what's happening now is that we're so oversaturated with so much nutrition information and how to work out and when to work out and what's trending and, and what's last year. And we keep thinking that we have to keep up with the trends but none of us are really at this time looking within and saying, well, what's best for me at this time? And and so I think this oversaturation of nutrition information is actually 
a little bit detrimental at this time. Um, and what we really need is a mindfulness approach. And that's what I've been teaching about ever since. That is insanely amazing. And if for those listening, medit- like knowing how to meditate is one of the most powerful skills you can have if you can learn to control your thoughts. So knowing how to do this for years and years and years has to have brought you some amazing healing and understanding mm-hmm. of yourself. Yeah, it's been, it was really profound to just start to understand that this idea that a lot of top scientists and, and research talk, they talk about, which is this idea that, you know, our subconscious mind really, um, really drives our conscious decisions and our behavior. So the way that we grew up, our childhood patterning, society, social conditioning, media outlets, you know, everything we're seeing on social media all day long is really impacting how we feel about ourselves. And the only way to really heal that is to start pulling back the layers and really looking within and saying, okay, why am I making this decision? What is driving this behavior? And a lot of times it's the subconscious mind. So when that's overriding, we really have to look within and say, well, what's going to make me feel good? What's going to bring me joy? What's going to bring me happiness? And most of the time that is not what society and the media is, you know, what they're telling you, what they're preaching, you know, the magazines and all these things that I used to sell and, and stand for. Um, isn't really what's what's going to make us happy. And, you know, I've put a post where I'm like, I this looks glamorous and fun, but really I was the most miserable I ever was in my life. And so um, it's really easy to look externally, but really it's important to start looking internally and recognizing that. And the best way to do that is, is through meditation. Wow. Yeah, you. I think you said it best in one sentence, that the subconscious mind really drives the conscious mind. Yeah. That's, that's so true. And I, I have really pushed for people on this podcast to understand that, that there's so much power in the tongue. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like what you think is what you say and what you say is literally what happens. And it's not magic. It's that your subconscious drives your conscious mind. You start making decisions based off what you're thinking about. Right. And so a lot of people are scared to meditate or even journal because they're like, oh, I'm going to have to confront my my conscious mind. I'm going to have to confront my thoughts and my feelings and my emotions. Um, but really that's not the case. Really what you're doing is you're putting them in front of you and making them aware. So that way you can choose based on that, right? You can choose based on what's coming in and, and what's yours and what's not yours. And, um, it's just a really beautiful process. And also meditation, you know, impacts our physical body, everything from our hormones to our gene expression, to our immunity, um, to even inflammation and impacts so many different things, including the way that we lose weight. And so I think I think it's something that if you're not meditating now, there's no reason not to because it's it is like the greatest wellness hack. Uh, we're going to get into that in a second. I have a side note question. You talked mm-hmm. about um, when you when you're when you were growing up, you guys had a, a garden. Mm-hmm. Is, do you think that's realistic now? Like I I would do anything to grow veggies myself. But yeah, I'm like, so it's such a difficult thing now. It is. And I talk a lot about the slow food movement and how we really have to get back in our garden. And if we can't get in the garden, we really need to get to the farmer's market. And if we can't get to the farmer's market, we really need to get in our kitchen. And if we're sharing a kitchen, <laughs> we need to get to our cooking class. But just this idea that we need to really understand where our food is coming from. We need to understand what we're putting in our bodies. And we need to have a connection to it. Without that, it's just... It's kind of like we're on the run and just putting things in our body without 
even recognizing like what that what that food is doing to our bodies. And when we can't have gratitude for what it is that is fueling our body, we'll just make mindless decisions, right? We'll just pull from whatever we can. And I think there's this beautiful idea that as we become more conscious of what's sustainable, um, what's organic, where the food came from, not only does it impact weight loss, not only does it impact our health, but it impacts the entire entire world. And so when we can recognize that, that there's a dual benefit of recognizing where our food comes from. But, you know, even even if you can't get in the garden, I, I like recommend to my clients like planting some herbs, doing whatever you can, going and just farming, volunteering for a day, um, going like when you plan your vacation, planning a day to go to some organic farms, just so you can, again, to have that connection with food. You know, my husband, for example, never, ever was in a garden until we met. And I, and now that he's been, you know, been in one, he wants to have a farm and wants to have this connection again. And it's been really profound to see that change where before he had never, ever, you know, even grown anything. And so I think that that connection is really, really powerful. That's because when you have fresh food and veggies, you'll never walk in a restaurant again. (laughs) (laughs) It is hard, right? Right. It is hard. It is hard because you start to recognize that. Well, and when you start to learn, you go down this rabbit hole of understanding how the food was picked way before it was even ripe and that the amount of nutrients in the food that has been shipped across the world is less, much less than if you were just to go in the back of your yard. Also, you recognize that the um, what's been put on the product and the energy of who's picking it, it's, it's just there's so many layers to it. I could speak on, speak on this for days. Um, but even the taste, right? The taste is so different. Um, and when you start to eat food that's clean and energetically at a very high vibration, you really crave that after a certain number of days. You actually, your cells actually crave that food because it impacts everything and, and vibration impacts your energy, which impacts what you attract in your life as well. Um, and, and we see this scientifically now how it really impacts our bodies energetically. So food is literally a foundation for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's incredible. And, you know, if you want to dive more into this, just Google the slow food movement. And there's dozens of articles about why this is so important, especially for our culture, because we're living in a fast food culture, which is impacting everything. It's impacting our need for things instantaneously. It's like, you know, I heard something interesting. It was like, we want avocados in the middle of winter when they're not even ripe. (laughs) We want food out of season, not even, you know, not even when it's supposed to be delivered to us. And because we have this demand culture, it's also changing our behaviors. And when we want things on demand, it doesn't, it doesn't leave much space for appreciation and gratitude for, for the people who brought it to us. That is so true. And it's, we, we're taught to be like that because I remember, see, now I, I have to embarrass myself, but I was like in college when I be, I kind of learned what, I didn't eat a lot of veggies growing up, so I was in college when I learned like what asparagus was and I kind of fell in love with it. And then when I started cooking as an adult, I remember going to purchase it and there, I didn't realize asparagus had a season in Florida. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, wait, where's all the asparagus? And they were like, oh, it's out of season. I'm like but I want it now, you know? Yeah. Isn't it so crazy? And and that's the problem with diets is like, they're like, go buy all of these things and you can only have these things, but then you're not taught or your mind doesn't even think about, well, what's in season and what feels good for my body and what's happening even with the changes that happen within ourselves. So hormonally what's happening, what's happening with our stress levels. I don't think 
anyone should be on the same diet. Like, I don't think there's one diet specifically for everyone. And two clients of mine never have the same protocol because their lives are different. They're, you know, what's happening within, within what they can have access to and what their stress levels are and when they come home from work and what they need during the day. And if they're running around or they're sitting all day, it just, it just is different. And I just think we have to be very conscious of bio-individuality and what works for one person isn't going to necessarily work for someone else with the idea that there is a base for clean food, right? There's this idea of of being healthy, which is like clean food, movement, de-stressing, sleep, uh, mindfulness. All of those things, of course, are very important, but how they look to different people is going to be different from one person to the next. And I think it's important to recognize that we should not have shame or guilt when someone else's protocol or something that's been pushed on us because it's worked for some celebrity doesn't work for us. It's just, it's just not fair to put that sort of pressure on ourselves. So I recall, I remember reading an article about this where they said that they took like an A and B group and split them and they all did the same workout, except the other group, they had them meditate about Mm -hmm. losing weight, about, believing that they would lose weight, almost like teaching them to believe in their goal at the end, like how their body would look, what would it look like? Describe to me what it would look like when you, when you reach your goal and mm-hmm. the, the group that meditated did like lost 30% more yes. of the weight. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible, right? It's, it's, it's so powerful. What happens when we focus our minds on something, we visualize it and then we believe we're worthy of it and it can happen. So it's kind of a, a, three-part approach. But I think, you know, I think we're seeing over and over now how important this research is to, to show that our minds and bodies are not connected. And without a mind focused on health and wellness, it does not matter what you put in it. It does not matter how much you move. At some point, it's going to cripple because we're not thinking long-term. We're not thinking lifestyle. We're not thinking sustainability. We're thinking quick, fast, let's lose weight by this date because we have a wedding to go to, or we're meeting this guy, or you know, I want to look good for X, Y, and Z, but that's not, that's not sustainable. And so we have to really be, become conscious of our long term goals and, and what that looks like and your why, why do you want to be alive? You know, why do you want to stick around? Why do you want to be healthy? Why do you want to prevent chronic sickness? And those things are, are more important than the physical and the ego. Although that usually is the driving factor. The why long term is what will keep it, keep, the the lifestyle and what our choice is sustainable. Wow. Wow. And see, I've, I'm totally guilty. I've tried every diet under the sun. I've done products. I've done herbal life. I um, did keto, the keto <laughs> diet. I've done it all. And some work better than others. You're right. It's definitely based on body type. Yep. Um, but this sounds like the secret that everybody wants to hear. So I want to make, it very clear to everyone that we're not saying that if you just believe, if you just think that you lose weight, you will, if you just dream about it, (laughs) (laughs) but you are telling people to ditch, ditch the dieting. Mm -hmm. So give us kind of your holistic secret. What is this really all about? Yeah. I, and I'm not against certain, certain ideas, right? Like there's, there's doctors I really believe in and they have certain diets and there's people like Max Lugavere is a very good friend of mine, the genius foods. And 
um, his approach and Dr. Gundry with, you know, with taking out lectins, his approach, like there are, there are people and their diets that I truly believe in, but underneath those protocols that they recommend is also the idea of lifestyle. And it's the idea of making sure that every area of your life is fulfilled. And so what I see so often is that we were looking for a diet to fill some sort of void that's happening in our life. And when we do that, um, for a quick result, right? And when we do that, we're overlooking the fact that our careers have an impact on our health and our relationships have an impact on our health and our um, stress levels and our creativity and our inspiration and the ability to play like we did as a kid. And all of these things are just as important when you look scientifically and you look at the research. All of these things, including connection, is one of the biggest things. Do we feel like we have connection? Instead of just on our phones, do we actually feel like we have connection to other people? And these things are just as important to weight loss than, than the food and the movement. And yes, we can, we can do a certain diet for a certain amount of time, but it's not going to sustain us. And that's my biggest thing is that we need sustainability. We need to be able to do this for a long run because it's actually more detri detrimental to our bodies to be going up and down and doing a yo-yo. And I know this because I did it. And now I'm recovering from all those years of damage. And I can tell you, if you're listening, you do not want to put your body through that. Like it might take longer and it might be a slower process to lose weight slowly and to get to a healthy weight um, or to just love the body that you're in right now, but feel good and energized and, and fully embodied in the body that you currently have. It might be a longer process because you're changing those those stories that are happening in your head, you're changing the sabotaging beliefs. But in the long run, it is so much more beneficial than going up and going down and going up and going down. And I think that so often we torture our bodies to find peace of mind, but the peace of mind isn't created unless you do the inner work. And that's where I find meditation to be the most important thing. Because if you can find peace of mind, self-love, self-worth, self-esteem right now in the body that you have, you will be much more motivated to sustain a healthy lifestyle and not go up and down with the doctor, you know, with the different diet protocols and going to numerous doctors and trying to find that, find the solution and then blaming everyone else. If you can find peace of mind right now in the current body you have, you are setting yourself up for a lifetime of health and happiness. And that's what meditation does. You know, it, it helps us with our food addictions. It improves our mood, decreases depression and anxiety. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, but different types of meditation reprogram different parts of, of our brain and how we, how we relate to ourselves and food. And I think, I think it is the most important thing we could do right now. And I think it's a missing link between this, the statistics that are currently happening with chronic sickness right now in our, in our country. I know it. I know they're directly correlated. Oh, and we just don't see, you know, it's so, because it's beyond most of our understanding, we, we don't see it, we don't hear it. So therefore we don't really want to dive deep into it. it. Yeah. Yeah. No one's taught us. It's just, it's just something culturally. Like we hear things like I've been eating bread my whole life and I'm not sick. Like I hear this from, you know, from our relatives or I've been doing X, Y, and Z and, and I'm fine. Um, but are the things that you're doing really making you feel good? Like, are they really under all of it? Like, are they filling a void and making you feel good in the moment? Or are they making you feel good in the long run? And I always ask my clients to really differentiate, is this a choice that, that is making me feel good in the moment because I want to avoid or suppress an emotion? 
or is it really helping me fuel a lifetime of health and happiness? And, um, and that does not mean you can't have balance. It does not mean you can't have cake on your birthday or have wine or so forth, but it just means looking at your life like as a lifestyle, um, long-term approach versus instant gratification. That's so true because, I mean, there's a few foods that are amazing. I might say things like this, but it's not like you eat a loaf of bread as an appetizer and then you walk out and an hour later you're like, I am so glad I had that bread today. <laughs> like, it just doesn't come out that way. You you forget about it instantly. But exactly. at the time of making the decision, it seems so absurd to say no. Right. Well, and it, and I mean, there's a couple of factors. We we have to look at what is that what is that food in front of me doing in the in the moment? Like, what is the pain or the emotion or the feeling that I'm avoiding? Why am I choosing it? Um, but then also, you know, it takes several days to to you know, our microbiome is completely being changed by the sugars and the breads and all these things, and it creates actually addiction. And so we have to, it, you know, it does take time to, to shift what our body craves. But if we can, if we can look at in the moment and say, okay, I really want sustainability. I really want a lifetime of health and happiness. Um, your decisions will change. Might take some time, and you have to really, really look at what is the emotion behind it. And that's why I recommend everyone doing an emotional food journal. So instead of keeping track of the food, you keep track of the emotions. Because what you'll notice and what I see so often, what I saw with myself is that when I get emotional or stressed or angry or frustrated, I go to the fridge or I, you know, want to swing by a fast food place or I, you know, I've done it. I did it for years. The up and down, the up and down, grab a diet soda. What does that mean? It means comfort, like grab a coffee to boost me up. Like there's, you know, there's always something behind the habit. Wow. No, I'm, you're saying that, and I'm like, me, 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 me. <laughs> I know, because I was, there, I was there for 10 years, and I cannot tell you, I can't say that it's gone 100% away. It's just I have a toolkit of things that I can d- dive into to use to basically help me move through those feelings. So whether those are affirmations or mantras, meditations, um, different things, right, that we can we can pull from doing the self-development work it really can create a profound impact on, on how we feel and what we create in our lives. Not just, it's not just about health. You know, when we, we were talking about this, when we are thinking about our career, we want to change careers. A lot of times we'll blame our health or our weight and that's what's keeping us back or the same with our relationships, right? Well, I can't go out with that guy until I look better or I can't go dating until I look better. I will never get married until I look better or you know, but if we were to find self-love right now, what would change in your life? What would you go do? What would you create? What would you be inspired to, you know, do? Would that be picking up the phone, making a call, meeting someone, choosing a different career, getting on a plane, giving up a career? Um, and so often we use food as the excuse or our weight as the excuse. And, and I just would love women to step into their power right now in the way that they are instead of, instead of using food as that, as that clutch. That's so true. If I've discovered anything this year, it's that like happiness is fleeting. So, or like that end goal is always fleeting. Like we're so obsessed with getting, if if I could just get everything on my to-do list done, you know, then I'll be happy. Or if I get 
to this goal weight. Like I'll throw myself under the bus. I had a, I was talking to my boyfriend this morning and we were talking about going to an event and he was like, there's a pool party afterwards. And I said, Oh no, I don't want to go to that. And he was like, why? And I said, I need to lose like 20 pounds. Then I can go to stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and in my mind, right in that moment, I thought, yeah, when I lose 20 pounds, I'll be much better. Like I'll be much more confident, but that's fleeting yeah. too. I could self-worth is knowing that I'm, I'm fine the way I am right now. Yes. And if you're, and it's, and it's so interesting. I, I got asked this a lot because I, recently got my breast implants out and it was so interesting to me just culturally how many people were like, aren't you worried what your husband's going to think? And I was like, yes, but also if my husband leaves me, I'm in the wrong relationship. Right. <laughs> so, so I better like figure this culture. out now. Right. Cause my body is not going to stay this way forever. Like I am going to change. I'm going to have kids. My body's going to, you know, I'm, I go up, I go down and I hope that I have attracted someone, which I have, but, but I hope deeply that, that we all find someone that loves us for who we are. And it was such a profound experience for me to hear how many women were actually concerned for me. And I was, you know, there were moments where I had insecurity around it, of course. And I thought, you know, is this going to change how he sees me or how he loves me? But then at the end of the day, I was like, I want someone to love me for me. And, and so if we can, if we can meet ourselves where we want someone else to meet us, that's, that's the most profound thing, but we won't, we won't attract someone unless we, that loves us for who we are until we love ourselves for who we are. And that took me a very long time to, to, to figure out this was not like an overnight thing. You know, it took me years of, of reprogramming to really get to that place. That was a tweetable moment. That, that if we would just love ourselves the way that we want people to love us, like if we could meet ourselves where we want the way we want other people to, that is, that's crazy. Cause we've got these high expectations for other people. Like, why would mm-hmm. you do that to me? You know, why would you act that way? That just truly shows me that you don't care, but we don't love ourselves that way. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then we're looking for it outside of ourselves. So we're looking for, all the happiness externally outside of yourself, ourselves and, and vibrationally it will never match because as you talk about and, you know, we, we are energy and like attracts like. And so the more we feel empowered in ourselves and the more we do the work and the more we dive into the self-love component of why don't we love ourselves? Well, it's stories that are not true. They're just stories from our childhood or from someone saying something to us on the playground or from some guy who couldn't meet us, you know, because of his own pain or something, you know, some teacher that says, well, who knows, right? But but all of these stories are just stories. They're not actually defining our worth. We're defining our worth in that moment. And so I think it's really important to start to change that and say, I'm worthy exactly as I am. And it does not matter what this old story was. It no longer serves me. And so I'm finally ready, ready to let it go. But I can tell you it took, it took, some serious forgiveness letters to myself, to my body, to people in the past. Um, and then I had to ask a lot of people for forgiveness. And, and through that, that like forgiveness process, I've been able to really like find my way back to myself. Um, and you know, if anyone's stuck, I highly recommend that process because it's, it's really beautiful. It takes work, but <laughs> oh, we talk about guilt on here all the time. And the, 
the most guilt we project is the guilt for ourselves. Like we don't forgive our, everyone forgives us, except then we don't forget ourselves, forgive ourselves. Yeah. And why is that? Why do we do that to ourselves? I'm like, why am I putting my body through more pain and that then is needed? And when we actually start to do, there's this really powerful exercise of writing a, a love letter to your body. And when we really start to look at like what we've done to our bodies and what our bodies has sustained, like I wrote out, you know, I'm so sorry that I, you know, put you through surgery. I'm so sorry that I did X, Y, and Z. And I ran, you know, did four hours of workouts every single day. And I ate nothing for years. And I binged and I purged and laxatives and this abuse and that abuse. I, I recognize the beauty of my body in that moment and how it's sustained me and how it's been there and how it's moved me through life. And like it changes your gratitude ever. for it in that moment. It's like the best used car ever. Exactly. <laughs> it just keeps going. <laughs> and the fact that it can heal itself. It's right. so profound. Like that I can actually heal is so incredible from adrenal fatigue and all of these things. I It, it just blows my mind that we have the capacity if we believe it. It's amazing. Like the way you're talking about this, I'm like, I already see where I went wrong. Like, I'm like, I'm supposed to have a love affair with my body. Like you should be treating it the same way that you treat someone in a relationship. You should be treating it like it's a love affair, like writing a letter to your body. I'm like that, that was like profound to me. I'm like, Oh my God, that's what I'm doing next. Because if I really think about everything I've done to my body from the things I eat to the torture I've put good, you know, good and bad, that'll make you step back and go, wow, I really need to align with like, I'm not in love with my body. I'm not in love with myself because look what I do to myself. Yeah, and then a reframe of, like, deep within my core who I am, below all of this external bullshit that I'm seeing in the media and social conditioning, I do. Like, deep within who I am, the, the higher energetic beings of who we are, we're grateful and we're so blessed to have our bodies, but we're just we're just living out other stories. We're living out conditioning which is which isn't us and so it's it's like so simple and so profound but yet so challenging because it's years and years of our subconscious imprints of all these different movies and pictures and all these things but as we pull them back one at a time and really define like who do we want to be inspired by who do we follow on social media what do we want to watch what kind of people do we want in our lives all of those things also impact how we feel I just was at this conference last weekend and they were talking about the fact that our brains actually change based on who we're around because we pick up their habits and their beliefs and their thoughts and their feelings. And, you know, our brains will actually watch what they're doing and it will impact how our brains change, which is incredible, right? And so the truth of, like, that we really do become the people that we're around um, is is incredible. Wow. That's so true. That's like, oh, my God, that's so true. I, but I have to, I want to go back to, cause we're talking about culture and mm -hmm. you know, the way our brains are trained. And I, and of course, like I know for a fact, I have a, I have someone listening to this podcast that already has breast implants and there's somebody yeah. listening to this podcast that wants some, you had them and you just recently got them removed. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about your mindset when you got them and then why on earth you got rid of them. Yeah. Well, if you are on this podcast and you have implants or you're thinking about getting them, I would deeply love to connect with you because I had implants for 10 
years. Um, I got them because my modeling career was coming to an end and my body couldn't sustain a certain size. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just transition into commercial modeling. I'm going to do this thing called put breast implants in. All of a sudden, I'll have X amount more years of work, which when I look back, seems so uh, comical, almost like, what was I even thinking? Um, but yet I have so much compassion for the girl that didn't feel like she was good enough and couldn't do anything else with her life. And so I went through this whole process of just forgiving myself for, you know, for those beliefs and, and recognizing that I'm so much more than, than my body. Um, but about a year and a half ago, I started to get really sick. I started developing autoimmune symptoms, couldn't figure it out as a holistic health practitioner. I have access to a lot of research and science and doctors and functional medicine doctors. No one really knew what was going on. I did test after test after test. Nothing came back um, to the point where I couldn't get out of my bed. My my husband was really concerned. He and I were thinking like could be fibromyalgia, could be lupus, could, you know, we could be Lyme disease. Started going through all those testings, um, and then I came across a girl who. Um, who was talking about her implants and how she was sick. And then I dove deeper and deeper and deeper and down the, went down this rabbit hole of 50,000 girls all in this group, all sick um, because of their implants. And so if you're going to get them, I just recommend doing the research. Obviously, not everyone gets sick from their implants, but we're finding now that as your body should, your body at some point will start to reject them. Um, along with, the, you know, creating scar tissue to protect the body from them. And then on the other hand, we're now seeing that there's a biofilm that's created around the implant that causes all sorts of sicknesses. And um, women have, you know, have said everything from hair loss to brain fog, memory loss. The list goes on and on. It's pretty horrific. But, um, but I'm standing behind this truth because... I didn't know if it was for sure the implants, but because I got the pathology reports back after the implants were removed, now I know for sure. I definitely had chronic inflammation, definitely had a biofilm, and definitely my implants were leaking. Um, like the silicone was breaking off in my body, and and my symptoms, I'm pretty much back to normal, and it's been eight weeks. So um, I I can't speak highly enough about just finding a good doctor, if you are going to do it, getting the truth, and then making the best decision based on everyone else's experiences, right? I think so often we need to we need to actually stop looking at, wow, this looks beautiful, but let's actually do the research behind, you know, behind what's actually happening. Wow. <laughs> okay, so first things first, thank you so much for being like yeah. that deeply honest. Yeah, because you never know, you may have saved someone a lot of pain. Um, and I just think that's so powerful. I feel like we're hearing that a lot more mm -hmm. recently than ever. And I may just be believing this in my mind, but I feel like we went through a phase where everybody had to have it. They had to have the implants, you know, they had, uh, you know, we have the same thing, uh, thing with people in the button plants. And now I feel like there's documentaries coming out and there's research being mm -hmm. shown how toxic this stuff is. And we're mm -hmm. all doing it for the sense of competition and we're competing against ourselves in our reality because mm -hmm. that's not the person you want someone to love. 
Yeah, and it's so hard for me to say. Like, I would never tell anyone, don't do it, because it's their own journey. But right. I will tell you that underneath it, there potentially or probably is pain that if you worked out, there might not need to be, you know, you might not need them anymore. And so for me specifically, like, had I had someone there offering support and saying, you're in so much pain right now. Like you're suffering and you're using this as a band-aid. I, I can't say that I would have, or I wouldn't have. I'm very grateful. I went through the process because it taught me so many things, but I always just say behind all of it is, is pain. Like there's pain for that, that we're trying to fulfill something outside of ourselves externally. And, if you go through the process and you work with a coach or you do the deep diving and you still want to get them, you know, my, I, I would never say don't, don't do it because it's all a journey and it's all personal. Right? right. But, but I just recommend doing some deep diving, meditating on it for a while, really looking within and, and thinking about like, you know, what are the long-term consequences if I, if I do. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's amazing. Yeah. You're so welcome. I'm so glad that eight weeks later you are feeling back to your normal self, Brandon. Yeah, me too. It was like I didn't want to say it was my implants until I knew for sure. You know, it was like one of those things. So I've been a little bit reluctant to share a lot on social media yet because I, I, yeah, I wanted to make sure. And and now that they're out, and that's really the only thing that I've changed, um, I can confidently say that they were making a huge impact on my health all right so i'm, I'm going a little left here but juicing and detoxing mm-hmm. is this uh, beneficial to you is this a trend yeah i think <laughs> i get asked this so often that <laughs> i have to be very careful about how i you know how i position this because there is there is really incredible benefits in detoxing and juicing. I think it needs to be um, in a control, controlled situation. I think it needs to be medically monitored. I think having a functional medicine doctor, integrative doctor, like helping you through the process. The thing is that we're so oversaturated with chemicals, right? There's over 80,000 chemicals in our environment. I think there's nothing wrong with actually doing a detox every so often, but I don't think that we should be doing them specifically for weight loss. I just think it's it's something where underneath that again, right, is the quick fix and I want to lose weight by this date and that never solves the problem because when you do lose the weight, you vibrationally don't feel in alignment with the weight loss because you haven't done any of the inner work and then the weight comes back on. And we see this so often, right? You lose a certain number of weight, the weight comes back on, you don't feel worthy, you go and binge because you haven't eaten for seven days. And so I just don't think it's good culturally to be doing these like quick fix detox diet protocols um I, I hope that makes sense no, that there's does. there's a very different reasoning behind it if you have a chronic sickness I believe in Hippocrates and Ann Wigmore and uh, Gerson's program and those are very controlled detox cleanses um but just for weight loss I I think there's a more sustainable approachable way like a you know, like a Dr. Gundry protocol, Max Lugavere, um, Parsley Health, my friend Robin Burson speaks about this a lot. And she does cleanses, but they're, you know, they're 
they're much more based on lifestyle modifications. And in them, there's like, you know, many different approaches that are all healing that aren't, we're going to drop this amount of weight in this amount of time. No, I love it because I think I've only done two before. And what you're kind of saying is it's like a wellness reset Mm -hmm. because I just, it was for when I did them both, I always had more energy and I felt a lot lighter afterwards Mm -hmm. And it necessarily wasn't about the late weight. I just felt better. Yep. Um, yep. So it's just like hitting the reset button every now and then. It's got to be healthy for us, especially, you know, after we have a, we catch ourselves for weeks on weeks on weeks eating junk food and eating poorly. And, you know, it's a great reset. Yeah. And it's, it's great when you, when your mindset is matching, you know, and your beliefs are matching that because then you can detox and cleanse your body and and really you know create that lighter feeling but then you're sustaining it after it's a yo-yo effect that really is detrimental to our health where we go up we go down we go up we go down you know if you do a juice cleanse and your cells are open and alive and then all of a sudden you eat pizza I mean that's just really bad for your health and so I veer away from them with my clients I always say let's work on your mindset first let's even forget the food and the movement. Like, let's just focus on how you want to feel today. How do you want to feel? What's going to make you feel great? What's going to bring you more creativity and joy and happiness in your life today? And then let's start integrating and crowding in the things that make you feel even more alive. So yes, a green juice and a clean salad and some, you know, some movement that you really enjoy. And as we integrate all these really good things, the bad things, the things that aren't serving you and don't make you feel alive, just kind of go away it's really amazing where if we take away them in the beginning it's actually harder because we feel like we're missing something that we really enjoy but the, but the, the, the crazy part is our mind is our minds are tricking us because we actually don't really enjoy that thing or miss that thing we think we do because it was part of our life and it feels like we're losing it um, but if we integrate the really good things and we really start to recognize that those things serve us better then we're not going to miss the things that we let go of that aren't serving us my God, I love that. Starting from the ground up. I've never heard a diet like that. See, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, you're like, are you going to give me a diet protocol? I'm like, no, we're going to start with like sitting and quieting your mind. <laughs> and you're like, what's going on? But I can tell you, it works. Like, it's really profound. And it's what I had to do. I mean, I, I, my teacher can tell you that when, when I met him, he said, you, throughout this process are going to unlearn the way you were taught to suffer. You're, we're going to pull back everything that you've been, you know, you've been taught on how to suffer in this life with food and your body and your self-worth. And I was like, I just want you to give me something. I want you to like, tell me what to do, but, but having someone tell you what to do isn't, um, isn't sustainable and it's not going to make you happy because it's not your design. So you really need, if you have a coach, I I just highly recommend co-creating, right? This idea of co-creation and making sure that you're part of the process. You have to unlearn how to suffer. The way you learn how to suffer. The way you learn to suffer, yeah. Or the way you were taught. Wow. That is riveting. That, I'm like, got it. I love it. I understand that. Thank you for that one. (laughs) You are welcome. It's actually from... Shandrash from Break the Norms, and he has been my teacher, and he has a book called Break the Norms, and basically it teaches you, yeah, all the ways that we're taught to suffer with religion and 
um, parenting and how we were raised and culture. And it, it's really profound to have it presented in a way that's like, how do you want to actually live? How do you want to think? Not, not the way that we were taught. I'm definitely uh, looking into that break, break the norms. Thank break you. the norms. Yeah. So I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I do want to, I do want the audience to, to walk away with something tangible, not tangible, but applicable today. We talked a lot about meditation. If my audience was one of your paying clients and it was the first visit and they, you wanted them to kind of quiet their mind and meditate, what would be some of the things you would want them to think about or what's your, your intro advice on meditation? Yeah, so meditation feels terrifying, right? It feels really scary because as we discussed before, you're, you're, you're sitting and you're quiet and there's nothing distracting you and there's nowhere to go or run. So you're like, wow, I have to be with my thoughts. <laughs> I actually have to hear the truth. And so the first part is just like open and receptive, right? Like I'm finally ready to hear the truth. I'm finally ready for my inner wisdom to be the guiding post to be the guiding light of my life. Like no more am I taking everyone else's advice. I'm ready to just hear my own truth. And when you can finally embrace just that, just that alone, you can sit with yourself with any question. So am I supposed to go on the trip this weekend? Am I supposed to call that guy back? Am I supposed to change careers? Am I supposed to, you know, reach out to my mom who I haven't spoken to in 20 years, whatever it is, whatever you're facing like just recognizing that you have that inner wisdom within you. So sitting with yourself and saying, okay, I'm just ready. So the first step is just willingness, right? The willingness to actually sit down and, and take some time to quiet your mind. And from there, there's no right or wrong in meditation. It's literally just getting comfortable, sitting upright, <laughs> taking several slow, deep breaths. Um, you can close your eyes if, you know, that's what I usually recommend and, and regulating your normal breath. And if this feels hard for you, two minutes, three minutes, five minutes. Um, and then there's different apps. One of my favorite is Stop, Rethink. Um, that helps you regulate your breath. So if nothing else, if you're scared of meditating, which a lot of people tell me they are, just learning to regulate your breath gets you out of fight or flight and into rest or digest. And this is for anything. This isn't just for food. This is for, oh my gosh, my boss just yelled at me. I feel reactive. What do I do? Okay, rest or, you know, getting yourself out of that flight or flight. So that way you can calm your nervous system and make the right decision on how to react. Um, a lot of times we react because we're in panic, right? We, we're, our, it's in our DNA that like a bear is chasing us because that's how, you know, when we were hunter gatherers. So, but most of the things now aren't survival. It's not life or death. And so we have to remember that we can really settle our nervous system at any moment that we want. Um, and, and then just the idea of focusing on your breath and becoming aware of, yeah, the physical sensations around you, aware of your thoughts. And meditation isn't clearing your mind. It's not like letting go of all your thoughts. It's really becoming aware of your thoughts and aware of your truth. And so that's, you know, that's what I would start with. Very simple, just sitting, um, quieting your, quieting your mind, closing your eyes, recognizing and regulating your breath, um, and then becoming aware and asking yourself for the answer you want before the meditation. So why am I struggling with binging? Why do I want to binge right now? 
why am I getting pulled to go to, you know, fast food when I just had dinner? Why am I getting pulled to, to eat three pieces of cake tonight? I don't want to shame myself or feel guilty. I just want to know what that story is. Why is that, why is that happening? Um, you know, that's a very long winded answer and I could speak about this for days, but, um, but I always just recommend start with a question and, and sit and allow yourself to, to have the answer. Um, I will be meditating in the morning, just so you know. Yay! <laughs> so excited. I hear it all the time, but you truly like have convinced me that this is the part of my life that I'm missing. Like, I, I will tell you that 10 years of eating disorders, and this is the only thing that worked for me, you know, and I see it with my clients. It's like years and years and years of yo-yo dieting, and this is the only thing that works. Um, granted, there's other like NLP and there's tapping and there's other things to basically, you know, support in this mi- these mindset shifts that definitely work. But I think the easiest, simplest thing you can do right now today, if you're having any sort of stress, concerns, worries, is just sit and and quiet your mind um, and connect to your truth because your truth isn't anyone else's; it's yours. Oh yeah. I'll let you know how this goes. <laughs> yeah, let me know. I'm happy to help. Send you some resources. I'm a journaling junkie. Like I love to journal, but I don't. I don't take the time to do it. Set aside the time to do it in the way that you're describing it. I'm always very intentful about it, or I brain dump. But this sounds very different, and I'm gonna have to try it. Um, I'm really excited, actually. I'm like, this might be. You know, in moments where I like lose my creativity or I can't, I can be very indecisive sometimes. And I'm like, this might be it. This might be what I'm missing. So I'm super excited to try this. I can't wait. Awesome. And if you're pro journaling, you'll be a pro meditating. I mean, I think you can also meditate. And then if things come up, you can just, you can journal, you know, you can journal after of like, hey, I recognize this. Hey, I become, I became aware of this story that I was holding on to. Hey, you know, I'm ready to let go. And you can just put, like, to, your, to yourself, I'm ready to let go of this story in, in your journal and anything that you recognize while you're, while you're meditating. Well, Miss Sarah, I have to admit to you this. You are, like, in my top three interviews for sure. Uh, <laughs> I always know when I don't speak a lot, it's because I am, I feel like I'm receiving a profound message, and that's really how I felt today. So thank you so much for changing all of our minds and our not so healthy habits and just making us want to become obsessed with our health and wellness and your holistic approach, which even is so hard to believe in this world. It yet seems so simple. So I'm so excited to apply some of these things and thank you for the Oprah level interview today. Thank you so much for having me. And I, I would love to connect with anyone that has, has more questions or yes, where can we stop additional you? support. Yeah, so my website is Sarah, S-A-R-A-H-A-N-N-E, Stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T, and it's, it's the same for my Instagram. So, And I, um, I always respond on Instagram, so you can always just DM me there. Thank you so much. You are so appreciated. Connect you are so. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.